passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach pod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene product. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair. And maybe you've grown some winter man tits. At least you can make them hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off in free shipping with my promo code Bubba. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest in your pants, doesn't matter. This is the best trimmer on the market. Inside the Performance Package, you're going to find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and Moisturizer. Because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Nobody likes nose hairs, so their package comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. You're also going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, about a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you're going to need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is a essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles at manscaped.com. Promo code Bubba. Hello. Welcome to the On a Hummel Show. Just a few things. Welcome to the program. Oh, nice Jamaican horn. Wasn't expecting that. A little bit of a switch up today. We're doing it on Thursday because tomorrow we got a head EE. I think that's the band. Uh, They're coming in. Uh, I know Rhett's a big fan. I'm very excited. It's it's unusual to have a, a live performing guest in studio. It's been a while since we've had one of those. I think the only other person that I've seen perform live in this studio that was a, a legit musician or band, um, I think was Mindy Abar. I think that was the last one. So it's certainly a treat for for me. Uh, oh, the phones have been um, locked up. That's why we haven't been taking calls for the last few days. 813-90-BUBBA if you'd like to call in and contribute to the conversation because otherwise it'll just be me talking to myself, which some people don't mind. I don't. I wouldn't say anybody loves it. I would say some people don't mind it, and many of you hate it. So uh, I very much appreciate everybody that is uh, listening and possibly contributing. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get the chat live here so I can see what the hell's going on. Brian from Philly. Always there for me. Always so supportive. One of my biggest cheerleaders. I appreciate you, Brian. Um, $20 on the on the Super Chat. So thank you so much. <clears throat> uh, Brian, I'm speaking directly to you right now. I still have not tried Ambien, although it is on my to-do list before the end of the year. I got a few things that I want to, to do by the end of the year. <clears throat> One of them is Ambien. Um, listen, we all have different types of goals in life, and one of mine is overcoming my fears of trying new pharmaceutical drugs. I've heard a lot of things about Ambien, some good, some bad, uh, but I think it's time for me to try it for myself. So I'm very excited to see what it actually does. I've never really taken uh, a formal sleep medication other than an over-the-counter sleep aid. Uh, sometimes I do treat myself a little bit to maybe a quarter K pin. Or a little bit of maybe a quarter totem pole, you know, Xanax. But that's really, that's a that's a benzo and an anti-anxiety medication, not so much 
a sleep medication. So if that shit puts me to sleep, I can only imagine what the real thing will do. And I'm very excited about it. I'll make sure that my Twitter is locked up and um, I don't make any racist tweets like Roseanne Barr. Uh, another $2 from Brian from Philly. Listen, I would call out 50 cents. Okay. Very, very grateful and thankful for all that you guys have given me and the show and the operation. Um, thank you to Leslie and Chuck, whom I met last year at the Tarpons game. Really appreciate you sending me the, the care package full of snack. I mean, it's all of my favorite things. Tank tops, snacks. Salty or otherwise crunchy, salty snacks, um, a tank top, and bath and body work stuff. I mean, a girl, you know, can't ask for more, really, truly. So thank you so much. Very much appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so one of the things is I want to try Ambien uh, in the next few weeks, months, whatever. And then I want to do a cold plunge, which I've been talking about for a while. I know I talk a lot about health fitness, nutrition, longevity. That's kind of my jam right now. Some people like sports. Some people like, uh, you know, whatever, basket weaving. Who the fuck knows? But I I like that sort of stuff. That's the sort of stuff that you will find on my uh, recommended for you page on YouTube. I, I like all that sort of stuff because I'm always trying to see how I can optimize for free. Um, especially for free, but optimize my health, well-being, fitness, all that sort of stuff. I love biohacking like that. That is my jam. And it's really, I mean, biohacking, I feel like has kind of like a, it's not like you're cheating the system. The system works. It's just like, what are things that I can do that are relatively, you know, inexpensive and not that time consuming to really maximize my results My and results, I mean, Overall health, anything that's got to do with health span and lifespan, right? And they, they work in tandem. I don't want to just be healthy until I'm 45 and then I die. And I don't want to be 104 and, you know, shitting my pants for the last, you know, 30 or 40 years. Like, that's not a win for me. So those two things in conjunction with one another, health span and lifespan, that is my, that's my cup of tea. And it's funny because it's, you know, much like you guys, I hear people talk about sports and it just seems like the same shit over and over again. And I'm like, God, this is boring. I mean, I listen to the same shit over and over again. I mean, like, how many times do I need people to tell me that exercise is good? Eat whole foods, that's good. Intermittent fasting, good. Um, and I just, I, la- I I lap it up every time. Every time I'm like, yup. And I think it's like an echo chamber thing, mostly, where it's like, I know I'm right. I'm putting my, you know, I'm putting quotes up. I know I'm right. And I like hearing about how right I am all the time. And I like how I also like knowing that I'm executing my rightness. And by rightness, I don't mean we're not actually talking about politics in this in this one scenario. Um, so I think I think people like hearing about how they are right and what they're doing is right. And more so, you like to hear about how everybody's fucking it up. You know, it's great to hear about you doing something correctly. But then when you hear about like how 80 percent of the population is doing it wrong and you're doing it right, you get a bit of a chip on your shoulder. And I, I certainly have that when I just like walk around. I'm like, metabolic dysfunction, metabolic dysfunction, metabolic dysfunction. You are not metabolically flexible. Uh, 93% of the U.S. population is not. They're not in a, you know, in a fat-burning state because they're constantly in a fed state. Although, not that I've been lacking on my intermittent fasting as of late, but the last few days have been a little uh, more relaxed, I should say. And I think, like most things, it's good to give yourself a break sometimes because... Mostly from the mental aspect, because I think that there's something in my brain, um, sometimes too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And I think that I weirdly, and please feel free to call in and let me know if you're the same way, 81390Bubba, do you get off, and you know, not in a quite a sexual way, but you understand what I'm saying. Do you, does it give you energy when you're denying yourself stuff? That's that to me is like a weird component of my personality that I've developed over the last uh, 20 years, maybe some for some reason I've associated like pain with gain or that if it's somehow uncomfortable or I'm experiencing discomfort that I'm I'm progressing in some way. I know that's that's weird. It seems to be anti antithetical to like 
how most humans are. Usually they kind of lean into things that feel good. But what, sometimes when you have, when you train yourself, you know, and you're super disciplined all the time, you you create associations with things. So anything in my mind that feels good, I'm like, nope, then that must mean it's horrible for me. I really like eating this donut and uh, I know it's bad for me. Uh, I also think that it's it's something that is tied deeply into my obsessive compulsive disorder. And I don't say that in a colloquial, colloquial, I can't say that fucking word, but you know what I'm trying to say in a, in a general sense um, that it's not like a, uh, I, I, I say that because I have, you know, some ticks in here and there. I mean, I was diagnosed by all the physicians, whether it be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. They're like, yep, you got it, sister. You have obsessive compulsive disorder. You know, and then it was a tug of war when I was in my early 20s. I think I was 20. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely don't recommend if you ever try to get help for a mental problem, make sure that your psychiatrist and your psychologist, A, don't know each other, and B, if they do, make sure that they don't have personal grievances. You know, not to relate it to current situations, but it was as if my psychologist was Bubba the Love Sponge and my psychiatrist was Mike Kelta. And they were pulling me in opposite directions, which is not good when you're looking for kind of like a soul, not a soul, but like a um, uh, a well-orchestrated solution to your problem. You don't really want divorced parents pulling you in either direction. So it was very confusing because I would go to my psychologist and he would talk shit about my psychiatrist. And then I would tell my psychiatrist about, not that my psychologist was talking shit, but just, you know, he, that he disagreed. And then the psychi- psychiatrist was like, wait, who is your psychologist? And he, I told him. And he's rolled his eyes and he's like, don't listen to that guy. I'm like, this isn't helping me, 20-year-old Anna, who's very confused and disoriented and trying to deal with mental problems that she has no, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no playbook. I, I didn't know what to do or how to get better. And then when you look for help, you, there's not a unified front. So it was very confusing uh, for, let's just say, I honestly wasn't in therapy for that long. I want to say maybe eight months, maybe. Maybe that's even a stretch going. I think I was going every week and then it was maybe once every other week. I thought I was getting better. Basically, at least in my estimation, when you're dealing with more of an acute issue like that, not so much a general, like, let me talk things out and and get things off my chest, but more of a how do I get better or or cope with this better? You know, you probably don't want to see your psychiatrist or psychologist forever. The goal is to try to equip yourself with tools so that you'll be able to cope with it. It uh, doesn't mean it's ever going away, and I don't think my OCD is ever fully going away, but there's certainly times when the volume is turned up and times when the volume is turned a little bit down, and those times are very nice when the, you know, the obsessive compulsiveness is still there, but it's dormant, and then there's times when it's just loud as fuck, and I feel like I can't get anything done because I am in a constant cycle of obsessive compulsive thoughts and or rituals so you guys get it anyways it's a long-winded way to say that uh yeah i like hearing things over and over again and i also enjoy uh tormenting myself with pain not pain in in a in a in the sense that we think of pain where it's like you know a burn or an injury but something that that would fall if we were to have a, a needle it would fall on the side of discomfort or challenge or something like that. So that's why I'm constantly, you know, doing the fasting and like, even if I'm hungry, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm getting the benefits. Like that's the sort of mindset that I have. Or when I see other people struggling with something, I'm like, I can do, I can do it better. I can do it longer. I can, I can, I can endure sort of a thing. You know, when I see people at the gym and they're only running for five minutes on the treadmill and I'm doing it for 35 minutes, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like that gets me off a little bit. Uh, but sometimes it can be run away and it, it and it starts to backfire on you. So I have to be mindful of that and just constantly make sure I kind of check in with myself and go, am I doing this because it's actually good for me? Or am I just like getting off on torturing myself because I, I think I, I'm better than everyone or it gives me confidence or I think that the more discomfort I 
I endure, the more resilient I become. So I, I have to just be mindful of that sort of thing because it gets it gets carried away. Eight one three ninety Bubba. <clears throat> and speaking of things that kind of uh, run away from us, um, I I I was wasn't sure if I was going to cover this topic, but it's related to things that are going on. And I know that we've been talking a lot about it and and be more specific. Bubba has been and Bubba has enough insight to be like, all right, I understand that people not are sick of it, but they don't want to. They're not as invested as I am in this. And even though they're interested in updates or, you know, uh, touch and go sort of discussions about it maybe they don't want to dive as deeply as i do it doesn't consume them as much as it consumes him and i i understand that because it's not it's not our personal grievance and even though we're kind of at a arm's length no uh pun cal to pun intended but we're we're at a we're at a for us it's more of a i don't want to say a fun distance but we're intrigued we're curious but it's it has really nothing to do with us per se of course, we're Team Bubba, and we want Bubba to win. But it, to us, it's a safe enough distance where it's entertaining, and we're invested, but not to the point where we're going home and ruminating about it. And we might be talking about it with our friends and family. I know that I have, because <clears throat> I've been getting a lot of uh, points of contact from people in my orbit that are curious, and I'm curious about it. And we're all, you know, interested. And in, you know, we had a. A daily is Calta on the air update because we had, I mean, obviously it's not hard to find. You just turn on the radio and you can hear if he's on or not. <clears throat> so we've all been invested in that to some degree, certainly. But I think that what, I, what I'm what i trying to get into here is the, the notion of forgiveness and not even, is it even forgiveness? Like, it's more of just like a coming to peace with something. And I know that, that Bubba and I can almost verbatim say like as a man. And, and I get that, but as a human, as a human person, you know, what is the best way, way to deal with this? And this extends beyond the, the Cal to Bubba situation, you know, that's kind of just a, um, a, like a, a proxy for what I'm trying to talk about here, which is, which is forgiveness. And listen, I'm a grudge holder. I think most human beings are, uh, we were designed by nature. You know, I don't believe in God. We were designed by, well, I don't even like saying that because it, it, it indicates if we were designed that there's somehow a designer. But let's just say we were molded. Now, let's, I get the molder, but whatever. You understand what I'm saying. We were molded by nature. You know, there were certain evolutionary and, and environmental pressures that resulted in our current, you know, physical body and psychological me- mechanisms. There's a reasons why there is a reason why everyone has experienced jealousy <clears throat> or can at least identify it with it with sadness, with happiness, with anger. Like these are basic human emotions that without them, you know, you probably wouldn't survive. If you never got angry, you probably wouldn't survive in the environment in which we evolved because anger kind of led you to rectify wrongs, right? And if people just walked all over you and took all your resources, you probably um, you probably starved to death or got beaten to death and were smiling the whole time about it. So that's not, you know, advantageous. So we've been molded by certain, eco- not economic, and environmental pressures to, to think and feel certain ways. And I feel like forgiveness is a, an important component of that for self-preservation and for self, you know, mental health. I think is primarily what it's for and physical health because, you know, we talk about mental health and to be honest with you, I'm a little sick of it because it seems like everybody, uh, it's like a badge of honor to have anxiety and depression. This used to be things that people weren't really happy to, to share and to, and to, to embrace. And it's weird. Cause on one hand I'm like, yeah, we should be talking about mental wellness more than we do because we don't want to stigmatize stuff and then you end up you know offing yourself in your bedroom that's certainly not the goal but then what happens is that people are getting like social credit for overcoming things that are just part of the human experience that aren't really is special about anybody you know it's it everyone experiences anxiety it's not you're not special if you do 
I understand that there's different levels of anxiety and sometimes your your brain is overcharged, oversensitive to things. It's getting triggered when it shouldn't and that can create a lot of problems. So I understand that. But also, I just feel like a lot of people are snowflakes and they can't handle the shit. And maybe I'm one of them. Yeah, that's certainly that that there's an argument for that as well. But I think that forgiveness and I and I definitely learned this a lot from especially from my dad um, and how important it is to not have uh, hate in your in your heart. And I and that sounds like a really like woo woo and shit. And it's not meant to be, but it, it really can destroy you. If it, it it will let you if you just if you're constantly angry, especially about something that you can't control. You know, I'm all for pretty much any emotion that motivates you to act in a way that is productive and can help you in the future. Most definitely, you know, when you're happy, you're basically your your brain is telling your body more of that, and you go seek things that make you happy. Now, heroin and cocaine can make you happy, and that can then lead to other people being very unhappy. But you understand, generally speaking, you you go for a run, you feel good. You see a friend, you feel good. You, you know, you're sitting outside in the sun and you feel good. So you're like, okay, more of that. That's great. And then there's things that are that make you sad. Things like, um, oh, what makes me sad? I don't know. You, someone betrays you and or your b- boyfriend sucks and cheats on you. And that motivates you to maybe vet your friends and your romantic partners better in the future. Okay, so as long as we're learning something for from our emotions, and this was something very helpful that I learned when I was studying evolutionary psychology, is not so much that evolutionary psychology in and of itself as a career is really lucrative. It's not. But kind of getting the behind-the-scenes curtain view of your emotions and what their function is really helps to kind of give you control over them. Cause then instead of going, I'm angry, fuck, fuck this, fuck this person. Why am I so angry? You go, Oh, okay. My brain is getting triggered because I feel like something has been unfair in my life. And it's a completely normal reaction to be upset, angry, jealous. This is totally normal. This is a a healthy functioning brain and body. Uh, but we're not going to let it take control of our emotions. That's the kind of things you start talking about, oddly enough, in evolutionary psychology, because you understand that you're you're studying the same things that you yourself experience. You know, it's not like I'm studying ants and I can't relate to an ant's experience. You're studying human subjects. And when they experience emotion or report uh, jealousy or sadness or whatever, you yourself could be like, yes, I can very much understand how this situation of your boyfriend flirting with other women in front of you would make you jealous. That would make me jealous, too. So it kind of gives you a behind the scenes, a BTS POV, if you will. And when you kind of understand why your emotions are getting triggered, you have a lot more control over them. OK, long winded point to kind of say uh, and talk about forgiveness, which is not the same as forgetfulness it's not like we're trying to forget memories memories serve an important function obviously they 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 bring us joy uh they serve as a bonding mechanism you know memories you have with someone you feel very that's basically why memories really are the reason why i get invited to to weddings ever because many of my friends my close friends are not getting married all the time. I, I don't think I have a giant circle of, of friends, especially girlfriends who are getting married. Uh, but I do have a wider circle of friends, especially from college or maybe when I was traveling and they get married and they think of me when they're writing the guest list and they go, I had a lot of great times with this bitch. I'm an inviter, but not her boyfriend. So that's cool. But hey, that's fine. That's cool. Not because they know blitz or anything like that, but I'm a free. I, I just make the cut myself for the wedding guest list. And they go, okay, well, it's either not inviting on it or just inviting on it and no plus one. So we'll extend the invitation. And then they think, well, she's not going to come to Denver. She's not going to come to Orange County across the whole country for a a backyard wedding she wouldn't do that well guess what yes i am i'll be there bitch i will be there especially if there's an open bar and a chance for me to make more memories 
Um, I will. So memories are on your side. But I think that forgiveness is an important tool. And I feel like the you, typically the older you get, that's the one that seems to be more important. You hear a lot of people, as they get older, they start to kind of... Now, Bubba's got an incredible amount of en- energy for someone his age. No doubt. I'm always blown away by how much just general energy beyond the, you know, things he may take in the morning to give him energy besides the monsters that he drinks. But just the, like the emotional energy, you know, seems to dwindle usually with age, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, and, um, Bubba's fighting a good fight. And I feel like this forgiveness deal that we're always trying to shove down Bubba's throat is it, is it, is a triple edged sword as Bubba would say. Number one, because I think that a lot of people associate forgiving a situation or making peace with a situation as the same as synonymous to uh, giving up or settling or accepting defeat. And I don't think that's what it is. I I truly think it's something different. Um, Accepting defeat is like lying down and not and not helping yourself. Right. It's just quitting. But forgiving and kind of making peace with something is to say, all right, I'm killing myself having these thoughts and memories and, you know, wanting vindication and retribution. It, it It's not helping me. I'm doing everything I can to, to further myself, but it's not helping me. So let me try to make peace with it so that I can move on and almost enjoy my life more because then if you think about all the mental space it's taking up if that was used to create memories with friends and family or to be thinking about things like I don't know your next vacation or whatever the case may be exercise nutrition whatever whatever you like sports it doesn't matter but it would be for something positive versus like harping about the past because that is is something that I I listen to a lot of people who are not philosophers, but kind of they give wisdomly advice, and it and to me I don't just take the advice of one person, but I triangulate my sources and I go, well, if this person, this person, this person, this person, and this person, whom I all respect, and they're given disciplines and you know areas of expertise, if they're all aligned with and saying the same thing, whether it's Sam Harris or Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan. These are all my guys. Peter Atia, David Sinclair, uh, you know, Andrew Huberman. All these people are saying the same shit and I respect all of them. Then I'm going to take this as not truth or proof, but just wisdomly advice. It's probably something in the in the right direction. If I've taken advice from all of these people for the last several years because i i trust their their experience and i trust you know what what they're saying i've either implemented on my own prior to and it's worked for me or i've heard something that they said and implemented and it worked i go okay these people i feel like i can trust because i trust their brain doesn't mean i agree with everything that they're saying but i trust the way that their brain processes information if they're all saying the same shit about coming to peace with something and forgiving forgiving and blah 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 that's probably something I should at least consider. So, and I'm a grudge holder. I think we all are because a grudge is something that reminds you that this person or the situation, it's usually people, are untrustworthy. They betray you or they just, they use you and they manipulate you. And it's one of those things where you have to, I, I hate to say it because it's trite, but you know, you, you forgive, but you don't forget. And, and that's to say, listen, I remember that this person fucked me over. And I'll never, like, forgive them in the sense that it w- like, indicating it was okay. But, and I'm not going to forget because that would be stupid because then I could enter another engagement with them where they fuck me over. But with that said, you also go, listen, the situation happened. That person's a piece of shit. I can't control them. I can only control myself. And I'm going to forgive the situation. Uh, you don't even have to say forgive the person, but, like, I forgive the set of circumstances that happened and I'm going to make peace with it. It happened. I can't do anything about it. And uh, how can I better move on to enjoy my life? So, um, and that's uh, that takes time. 
to kind of do that sort of shit. And depending on the level of aggression, it, it, it maybe never, maybe never. Um, and maybe, you know, and then I think about like Bubba's situation and I'm like, but maybe that disgruntledness, if that's even a word, is what drives him to do good radio or, you know, what drives him to, to, to motivates him to, you know, get on rumble and get on Twitch and get all like, he's just, he's fighting his way to the top. And if you remove that motivation, maybe that's the fire that's lit under his ass. And maybe that's the component that I'm not seeing is that I'm going to, you know, this, I'm going to prove them wrong attitude. I'm going to get you back. I'm going to, you know, vindicate whatever indiscretions happened in the past. Maybe, and I'm talking, I'm mulling through this like live on the air with you guys. I really don't have an answer for anything, but maybe us telling Bubba to like let it lie is 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 the poison because that's the motivation that drives him every day to to do better. And maybe you remove that, then you remove his angst, and then you remove his motivation, and then he doesn't want to do it anymore. He doesn't want to fight the good fight. So. Anyways, uh, you guys can call in with thoughts or um, advice, even though, I mean, whatever. Call in with advice. 81390Bubba. Um, I feel like a lot of times, even forgiveness of a a situation isn't even directed at, at a, like a human person. You know, I can think of situations where people have lost spouses to illness or whatnot, and you're just so angry at the universe or God or whoever, whatever, where you're just, you have this, and I almost think that that's worse because that's really hard to to direct, to be like, I, who are you mad at? Uh, the universe? It's like, well, how do you get back at the universe? Well, a lot of times what I see with people is that they just, they just, un, they get mad at everybody around them. You know, they become uh, Ebenezer Scrooge and they're just, they, they treat everyone like shit. Not always, but I've seen it where people are just angry at the world and they treat the, the, the bag boy like shit. They treat the Uber driver like shit. They treat the friends like shit. And then they don't have any more friends because they, they treat everybody like shit. And you really don't. And not, I'm not saying that that's Bubba's situation at all, but I'm just thinking of manifestations of anger and forgiveness. And sometimes if you can just kind of come to peace with something and accept that it happened and that it wasn't fair and it wasn't right, but, I mean, all you can really say is that's that's life. You know, life isn't fair. I know we've all heard this before. Life isn't fair. Life isn't right. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. And what can you do about that? Sometimes nothing. And if the answer is nothing, if, if, if it's like, you know, unequivocally nothing, then you have to change course because the being angry isn't really getting you anywhere. And again, I am all for emotion if it's getting you somewhere. If it's pushing you in a direction that's helping your future self, then by all means, do it. But if it's not... Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. 
With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And that's really the difference. If it's not, if it's just wasted energy, then we have to redirect that that energy elsewhere. But again, in Bubba's situation, maybe that's the fucking energy that he needs. Maybe that's what it is. That's Maybe that's why he can't let it go because it drives him every fucking day. He wakes up and he's like, I'm going to prove, not necessarily Calta, but just like the haters, whoever they are, I'm going to prove them wrong. So, thoughts are welcome. 81390 Bubba. Let's get to a few calls. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up, Arnold? This is Debo. Hi, Debo. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay. What's up? Nothing much. So all you've got to say is life ha- life isn't fair and shit happens. But anyways, yeah. I got something off topic. Are we not allowed to ask how Blitz is doing? I mean, he's one of a lot of people's favorite. Oh, I know. He's one of show. my favorite people. Yeah, I mean, you can, You here's the thing, and I've said this before, and I'm not shooing you off the phone or trying to redirect your your question, but if you are interested in how he's doing, reach out to him. You know, you, you got to reach out to him. You know, there's some things that he likes to be private. He's a pretty private person, and he said that himself on air. He doesn't really talk about his personal life. I am his personal life. You know how I'm doing. But if you are interested in in him and and how he's doing and what he's up to, by all means, reach out to him. He has a an active Instagram. I'm sure some of you have his email or maybe even his phone number. Um, so I just encourage you to reach out to him personally to ask him, you know, what he's doing, what he's cool, up to. Do but that. he's doing well. I'll he's healthy. He looks good. He's very handsome. He's still very tall, which I love. So it's great. Everything's good. I mean, obviously, some either. Bubba is just so upset at the fact that he's gone or something happened between them. But, yeah, I mean, it's like kid touching asking about Blitz. I know, I know. But again, it's more just to kind of protect his private life. It's not so much there's there's something nefarious that happened. Don't even worry about no, it. I mean, there's, there's nothing it's just, wrong with you know, saying, yeah, he's doing good, he's doing great. He's you know? doing good, he's doing That's great. It. Yeah, again, but in terms of like what he's doing, what he's been up to, where you can find him, you know where he's been well, watching I mean, planes. I'm not asking all that. I mean, I know. I'm just, I'm just using those as examples. But he's doing great, and I appreciate you inquiring. And if you have any further questions about his whereabouts or what he's doing, uh, feel free to to contact him yourself. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I just, we just miss him. That's I all. know. I miss him too. I miss him too. Love all right. The show. Thank you. Great. Bye. Appreciate you. Hello. Who's this? Hey, Anna. This is Bill. Hey, Bill, what's going on? Um, I, not much. I was just, I was listening to maybe uh, a little bit of a delay, but don't, don't take Ambien. <laughs> it is going to be the most miserable thing you've ever tried to get off of. Oh, and, do, and do you think, is it? That you'll ever have. Say it again. It'll be the best sleep you've ever had. I see what you're saying. You'll, but you cannot stop. It is brutal. I mean, I'm sure it's not anything like coming off of opioids or something like that, but it literally is, you're going to have three or four sleepless nights when you have to stop taking it. Even if I take like a little bit, just to, like a taste of it, is it like hitting the oh, needle? Really? Is it like heroin where, you know, once you once you pop the top, you, you can't stop? I'm going to tell you right now, if you took an Ambien right now at, at work, I don't know how far of a drive you've got from work to home, but I can, I can guarantee you yeah. that you will be asleep within... 15 to 20 minutes if you've never taken one before and there's no way to fight it off no, no way to fight it off. i thought but if you fight it off you can get a pretty cool high or is that for more oh, of an yeah, advanced at, ambient taker i've woken up at a bar i've woken up at the bar at a, at a gentleman's club where the lights were turning on had no idea how i even got there or anything but that was from ambient and um, that's when I realized I had to stop but when I stopped did you it take it really at a cool. at your home and you drove yourself there or yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So you're asleep, I, but your body is very much awake, it seems. It will freak. If you're both not taking it, uh, you and Blitz, um, 
you're, he's going to have some wild stories to talk about at, at what you said and what you talked <laughs> okay, about. Okay, but hold on. Is that for everyone that takes Ambien, at or is that... Okay, so it's not like the everybody. exception. It is more likely the rule. 100%. So okay. you'll progress from just normal Ambien, small milligrams, then you'll progress to a higher milligram, then you'll get Ambien CR, which is controlled release, and God forbid if you ever were to break one of those in half and eat it, forget about it. But uh, that's what will end up happening. You'll end up going from real small dosage okay. to getting you know, completely hooked to it. You're going to be on ambient CR, controlled oh, release, and then eventually you're going to have to make a conscious decision to say, you know what, I can't, I can't keep taking this anymore. It's great sleep, but, man, it is it's brutal to come off of it. And it's, you know, mm. it, it, word of advice and, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. But yeah, you're really you bowing me out, advice. man. I really wanted to. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you should. Yeah. I really don't. It's kind of like, give, you know, giving Lummy, uh, you know, a couple nips. Yeah. Stop at a couple. You have, to have more and more and more. And, you know, wait until he's got a cold turkey that because I've done that. And that is brutal, too. And so how I, how many I'm sleepless gonna, nights did you have when you cold turkeyed four, off? Four to five. For four real. Four five days. And there's no nothing you can do to soothe yourself to sleep. Like, what is the withdrawals like? It's just, I mean, I assume you don't have energy. It's just that you can't fall asleep. Correct. You're wide open. You, that that ambient will literally shut the breaker off in your mind. It you will, it hmm. will you you will sleep like never. I, I, you'll, your house could burn down and maybe not even wake up. Really? Well, that's maybe not good. Um, I, <laughs> what, what, I mean, what is it about? It, it, it's odd that, and again, I don't know how pharmaceuticals work. How come it's not forever? Though. Yeah. How, I, I guess it's, is it just that you, you, it no longer allows you to, you're not trained to sl- to fall asleep by yourself or did yeah, you find that stuff that your brain creates, okay. um, what serotonin or something like that? Okay. Um, but it's, it is, uh. I will tell you this. If you start taking it, because obviously we'll know on the air because you'll talk about it. Yeah. I will call you back in six months and ask you how it's going. And then you're going to have to make that decision to, to try to stop. Yeah. But if you never start, you're not going to have to worry about stopping. It's kind of uh, like words. You know, a drug addict. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people have problems with it. And here, this is my defense for it. I've taken things that work would be considered you know, somewhat addictive. And I have a very, uh, because I'm a pretty disciplined person, I'm able to control it. And I don't like, I don't take Xanax all the time because Xanax can be very addictive as well because it, it does just mellow you the fuck out when you're an anxious person. And me, like most people I would say would identify as being an anxious person. But have you ever known anyone to take Ambien? Like, I don't want to say recreationally, but you know, infrequently where it's just like once in a blue moon. You're ra- you're rationalizing it as a true, um, you know, you're trying to talk yourself into it by rationalizing that this is just going to be something you're going to, you know, randomly utilize. And, you know, you're. But I do that with other stuff. stuff. Well, I stop. Or is this, I mean, or is this a different beast this? or is this a different beast? Because <laughs> I don't know. I've never taken it. So I don't know. It's highly addictive. OK. Kind of like pain pills. And the only reason why people aren't on pain pills um, is because you can't get them. But mm. I, you can get Ambien all day long because doctors don't think it's that big of a deal. But really? when okay. you have to stop again, it's you just plan on going on vacation and just trying to be miserable away from Blitz because it'll you guys will fight like cats and dogs. Really? Okay. Well, it's, it's, it's unattainable. You cannot continually mm-hmm. take it. Is the issue, and um, mm. you'll progressively need more and more of it, and then you'll start mixing it with other things to try to you know make it work better for you, but. You know, you, the way you, the conversation that you had before I started speaking um, just two minutes ago was yeah. you're rationalizing you being able well, of to. Of course I am. It. I want to try like, it. <laughs> love me rationalizing. Oh, I can have one beer. Yeah. No, no, you, that's from somebody that's had a drinking problem. And um, yeah, know, but if I don't have a, a, like a history of being addicted to anything, have should, a glass of wine. I mean, I can have a glass of wine and walk away. I choose not to most of the time. No, I know that, but why, why wouldn't you just have a glass of wine or something to relax you to, to have you go to sleep? Mm, well, it's because it's fucking with my fast, bro. I mean, I guess Ambien <laughs> is too, but like, I don't want a bunch of sugar right before I'm going to bed. Um, I guarantee you, he's got thousands of them laying around. Just go grab some Ambien and 
and go for it. You you will definitely sleep like a baby. Uh, I know, and it's like, not even that I have a problem sleeping. It's just like I'm all about. I want to. I want to feel like real good sleep. Like because I I do hear a lot of great things from it about people. You know, from people who do take Ambien. Um, and, and, and to be to be fair, these are people who have not yet come off of Ambien, so it's not like they're they have the wisdom of the withdrawal. But they're like, man, if you want some good fucking sleep, uh, I highly recommend. And obviously, there's some hesitation. Otherwise, I would have done it already. I'm a little wary, especially when you and and Brian from Philly feel compelled to call in and tell me not to do something. I mean, that is uh, that's a red flag for Ambien. Not gonna lie. I I I just. You you're gonna you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Everybody can you know they're gonna they're made up their own mind. You know whatever it is, I don't think anybody outside of your inner circle can probably convince you otherwise. But yeah, you know, talk to Dr. Dan and ask him and you know and research it because once you start it, you're not gonna want to stop it. And mm. you know you can go on for years and years and years on it, but eventually, it's not gonna you're gonna. Have so to stop in it. your situation, since you're you can speak from experience. Yep. When you started Ambien, yep. there was not a day you didn't take Ambien until the day you quit? Correct. Hmm. And how long was that? Was that, I, I feel like it was a, a pretty... Three, four, three or four years. Okay, so you, you take Ambien one day. What what makes you start taking Ambien? You, you go, you're going through something, let me guess, you're going through something stressful, you're having a hard time sleeping, right? Uh, you know, not necessarily, it's just knowing okay. that when you take that little itty bitty pill, that the timer is going and you've got about 15 to 20 minutes of you know, of euphoria or whatever the word is. And then, you know, you're going to sleep until the next morning. Um, but what made you start to take it? What, 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 what initiated that? Let me try this. Um, when I, when I, when I stopped drinking, um, I needed to, the best part, the, the worst part about stopping drinking is the withdrawal. That's, that's everything. It's okay. very difficult to stop. Yeah. And so in order to stop, I started taking Ambien because I knew that if, I could basically try to sleep through my withdrawals and, um, and I, it did, it helped tremendously. And then I just kept on getting ambient. I mean, it was very, it's easy to get doctors. Sounds like you have a history it. of addiction, right? It, is that what's, what's different that? between us? And again, I'm not trying to rationalize it, but I kind of am. Uh, it seems like, you know, if you, you didn't have alcohol and now you want ambient, wh- well, what do you take now to go to bed? Well, what do you, are you doing weed? I feel like no. you're doing weed. You doing weed? No, I, I do. I, I eat a little bit of a, a chocolate thing, but it's very, I got to be okay. very sensitive to it because my girlfriend can eat five or six of them and she's fine. Oh, if Christ. I eat half of one, yeah, you're I'm fucked. like, I don't remember. I'm carrying on conversations with nobody that's even there. It's okay. Like, wow. That's what I would take at night. But okay. But everybody's got an addictive personality in one form or another. Sure. And a pharmaceutical is, is right there with it. I mean, it's. Yeah. Know, yeah. You are going to become an, an addicted person to it. Oh no! Um, I want to. I want to challenge you and be like, I'm going to take Ambien once and never again, uh, just to prove you wrong. But I don't know if I will. <laughs> I listen to the show every yeah. single day. I, I love it. I, I love Shannon Burke show. And uh, yeah, I'll listen. I won't bug, but I will definitely listen because you are going to definitely come on the air and say, "Wow, what what a great thing that they make." That yeah, they make, it's the best. You know, you're probably right. Yeah, it's one of those things where you you probably don't even want to know how good something is. You know, like what I've like one of the like seen, the first time I found out what an apple fritter was, I'm like, oh fuck, why do I know that this is a thing now? Because now I have to tell myself not to go and just eat apple fritters all day because they're fucking delicious. So I feel yeah, like it's gonna it. be kind of like that maybe, where it's like, fuck, I didn't know I could get sleep that good. Now I have to oh, think about are. resisting that. Whereas now I, I don't know. It's not in my realm of reference. It's like one more beer just today, just one beer. Oh, maybe uh, two beers today, you know, just, just two. Mm. And the next thing you know, you're drinking, you know, you're drinking um, at Lonely's Yeah. And, uh, I'm snorting you know, blow-off hookers' asses and doing oh, heroin. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. I'll tell a quick story and I'll let you go. But All I don't right. know if Lummy's in there with your He's eyes, not. But, it's just me. Um, I'm by myself. Yeah. When he had his neck thing, you remember when he ate that hot potato chip and he was throwing up blood and stuff like that? Oh, yes. Yes, I do remember. That, that, that is also, and I don't know if Dan, Dr. Dan talked about it, but that is, I, I forget what they call it, but that happened to me. Um, and that's when I stone cold stopped drinking because what it does is as your body becomes um, more toxic with alcohol or beer in this case, 
um, your your the vessels in your throat will start to weaken Thin, and start yeah. bleeding internally. Yeah. And and that so what he had with the potato chip could be just the potato chip or it could be that his liver functions are getting bad and at night he's bleeding down his throat and it will that he will one day wake up and throw up pure blood oh, and have to go to the emergency room. God. Yeah. I forget what they call it. Dr. Dan would know exactly what it yeah. is. It's this thing down there. Put rubber bands around your vessels in your in your throat to yeah. stop them from bleeding. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, enough of this fun conversation. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I appreciate the uh, the the warning because I I mean, I've never taken it and I only know from what other people have told me and what I read about online. So uh, the, I think that the best information, the best intel I can get is from someone who experienced it themselves. And it seems like a- Ambien Zero and not Ambien 2, because you and Brian from Philly, both of whom I, I, I seem to trust, because you, you seem very passionate about not wanting to someone to experience what you had to go through. And I appreciate that. It's the end. It's the end that's the problem. It's never the beginning. It's like right. the divorce. If you, you know, the, yeah. the, the marriage is great, but man, that divorce can sometimes go sideways on you. Yes. And, and does the... That is a marriage that right. you eventually have to break up out of. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that, that breakup, so maybe it's it's best to not engage in that relationship at all. So... Well, Thank- don't, 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 don't cheat yourself out of it. If you try it, you got to make sure that you tell Bubba. And, oh, I fucking will. Don't, of course. It's partially for content, once, of course. It, I promise you, once you take it one day, unless you only got one pill, once you take it one mm. night, you'll take it the next night, and you'll take it the next night, mm. and you'll take it the next night, because who doesn't want to fall dead asleep in 15 minutes? Ugh. I mean, I could pretty much do it right. in about six right now, so there's really no need for me to take it, but... <laughs> Also, I just kind of like the the fact that I don't even have a choice of staying awake. Like there's that kind of is alluring where it's like I will probably fall asleep in six minutes, but I may not. Um, but you'll wake, to, up in the, you'll wake up on your couch with a drink in your hand, you know, water, soda, whatever it is. It, oh you'll wake no. up with a drink in your hand on your couch and it'll be 6 a.m. in the morning and you will have no recollection of. And you just uh, come to like all of a sudden and just like, boom, you're. Yeah. Okay. Like somebody turns the breaker back on. Somebody clicks that you're not groggy. You're not groggy. It's not Ooh, like a nice you're not morning, groggy. You know? See, that's my main issue with Xanax is you get a little bit of that grog the next day. So you're going to stack Xanax. You're going to put a little bit of a, a kicker for uh, Ambien, mm. maybe a little bit of alcohol or wine or something. Oh, and the next that sounds you know, delicious. Yeah. Boom. You're we dead. Got we got to get her through a freaking rehab facility. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's a Amy Winehouse. Don't let your girlfriend take Ambien. All right. I won't. You know, don't let her take anything that's not supposed to be in your uh, body. Because when you're young, you think you're invincible. But I am as young. you get older. Yes. Yeah, I know. But kind every of. day is one day right? closer to putting your foot in the ground. Okay. Thank you. I think that's where okay. we end. Yes, well. one step closer to death. I appreciate you. I'm just kidding. I do really appreciate the warning, by the way. Um, yes. Don't do it. Thank. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Wow, man. You're really shitting on my Ambien party. I really wanted to try it. You know, I wanted to, I've been wanting to try Ambien like more than I've been wanted than I wanted to try acid before I tried it. And acid was cool, but Ambien seems cooler. Because I think anything like having a hallucination and uh, you know and and LSD and mushrooms I think are pretty hot right now because they're helping people cope through PTSD trauma, you know unresolved issues and stuff like that. But what is better than that is being brain dead. So that is why I've been wanting to try Ambient. Let's take a call or two and uh, I'll head out of here. Hello, who's this? On a homo, Joe the supermarket. What's up, Joe? The show wouldn't be complete unless we've had somewhat of a correspondence. What's going on with you? I was initially calling in to talk about forgiveness, but man, with that last caller and all the Ambien talk, I wanted to jog your memory of the times that I ended my phone call with Try Ambien. I know, I know. I like how I, I listen. I like the fact that we can have civil discourse, whether people call in arguing about politics or about whether to use and abuse Ambien. Uh, that is what the platform is for. Uh, now, if we can go back to, I know, and, and listen, I want to talk about Ambien all day long, but I do. I'm more curious to hear no, what you I have to say about. I, 
what you, what you have to say about forgiveness. So, Joe, let, let's hear it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the forgiveness, but let me blast off quick by telling you, yeah, the experience that that gentleman's talking about is completely different from the experience I had. I had been taking K pins every night to go to sleep, yeah, and that was giving me the best sleep I ever had. Well, the lady that was giving them to me ran out, but she says, "Here, here's one Ambien. Try it." But be careful. So I was leery, of course, but usually I was taking my things at 10 o'clock at night and being out by 1030. Well, on this particular night, it was a Friday night. I didn't have to get up on Saturday morning. I took it at 10, and I rode it out until 1230. It was awesome. It was the best roller coaster I'd ever. Now, I didn't have another one to take after, nor did I ever have any more after that. But that roller coaster So you rode it out, meaning you didn't allow yourself to go to bed, to go to sleep. No, no, I was up. I wasn't even tired. I was just felt so nice. It was such a body high. I was oh. like, Ooh. oh, damn. I was coasting. Ooh, it felt nice. Great. I wasn't drinking. I was high as hell. I had been smoking. That's fine. But I, I don't, I don't drink. So, well, that sounds just lovely. Now I really want to try it again. You should just one. There's no reason. Just take one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't, I'm not telling you to take one in your mouth. I'm telling you to take one on the side. Don't have any access to any more. And just mm. see what happens. Again, I was expecting the grog, like like we talked, like we all was just talking about, but there was no grog. I woke up. I, I, I thought I was going to sleep till 1 p.m. I get up at like 7.30, respectable. Yeah. Can you overdose on Ambien? Is that a thing you can overdose I, I, on? I would, I would only take... I'm just I'll look it up. I'll cool. figure it out. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I, I was... I was about to say something, but I'm going to shut up and jump to forgiveness. All right, jump so to forgiveness. Let's go. 38 years of my life, I lived as the most unforgiving person, holding hatred in my heart and resentment, and it was just so easy to not forgive. I was just willing to cut people out of my life left and right, and I didn't care what anybody thought, and I was just a horrible person. And then I went to jail, and then I got reading glasses, so I wanted to try them. So I jumped into the Bible, your favorite, and I started in the book of Matthew. Now... This is a, I just had this thought as we were talking about this today, mm. but you know, the Bible has a message and it's all up into your interpretation, of course, mm-hmm. but all I was getting through every chapter that I was reading was forgiveness, mm-hmm. forgiveness. That, that's the only message I was getting. And when I got out of jail, I wanted to, to do some horrible things, horrible things, revenge wise. And in, in that time frame of reading the Bible, I came out with such a spirit of forgiveness. Yeah. And ever since then, I've found out that it's so much better for us, even just emotionally, spiritually, whatever, to forgive because we all want forgiveness when we mess up, right? Sure. But we're not so free to give it, are we? No. Mic drop. And I go through that with my mother all the time yeah. where, where I'll do or say something that I shouldn't have mm-hmm. and I'll say I'm sorry. And she won't accept my apology, flat out. Now, that kind of sucks, but I know I did everything in my power. I did the right thing. Yeah, and you just have to kind of let that go. Right, and Mm. and, and people that have done horrible things, stolen things from me or or left me for dead, yeah, I forgive them, but that doesn't mean that I have to have them around me ever again. Uh, Joe, I think I... I feel so bad, but Brian from Philly just donated a hundred dollars. Um, and he yeah, apparently it's a snipe. So awesome. God bless. Okay, God bless. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, wow. Thank you, Brian. Brian from Brian from Philly, and we are breaking all sorts of records. Look at that. Look at those YouTube numbers. So proud. Um, last call of the day. Thank you, Brian. Uh, last call of the day. And thank you, Joe. Sorry you got sniped, but, uh, hello. Hi, Anna. Um, I just wanted to give my two cents real quick about, about Ambien. Okay. Amb- I was like, is it about Ambien okay. or forgiveness or maybe a little bit of both? No, it's Ambien. All right. Give me the Ambien take. I've been taking it for 30 plus years. You sound like it. I've never had any withdrawal when I had, don't have it. Are you oh. on Ambien right now? <laughs> no. Okay. Maybe something else, but okay. Just saying, thirty years. You, if you abuse it or take it with alcohol, you're probably going to end up sleepwalking, maybe raised in the fridge or something like that. Yeah. Never knowing about it. Mm. But like I said, I've never had a withdrawal. 
Is that because you never quit? <laughs> no, there's been plenty of times I've been without. And, and what do you mean plenty of times? Like, define that. Is that like a day, a month, a week, a year? No, like a week. A week. And you were able to fall asleep with no problems after being on Ambien for years. No problem. No. I, okay. I, I never, I never. You were awake I, for that week, know, weren't you? Pretty much. The whole week. But just, just my take, you know, I've never had any type of withdrawal issue. Okay. Um, and one Ambien a night is fine. You sleep like a baby and and that's it. Are you currently taking it? I mean, not this very moment, but. You know, to go to bed at night. No, yeah, I take it. I take it every yeah, night. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be taking it anymore. But I appreciate it, sir. What's Thank the you. Friendliness part. I um, I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, this motherfucker's slurring like a like a mf'er. Um. Yeah. It, that was not that that did not help me make my decision. That is not no. Mm-mm. I'm not taking Ambien anymore. And, and it's funny because like I didn't need to. When you tell me. To take it or not take it, and you kind of give me your reasoning. I'm like, eh, we'll see. But then when you have someone who's currently on it and they're slurring their words, and I go, I don't want to be that guy. No ambient for me, but I will do a cold plunge. So um, stay tuned for that video because I feel like the only way I can get through a cold plunge is if I videotape myself or have someone videotape me because I feel like I will behave. Because otherwise, I will not behave, and that will be embarrassing. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's not Friday. It is Thursday. So make sure you stay tuned for tomorrow's morning show, 6 a.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Goodbye.